Welcome to Feel More, Buy More, the marketing and advertising podcast from System One that puts its data where its mouth is. Everyone has an opinion on the latest ads, so do we at System One. But we've got the numbers too. Effectiveness test scores fresh off the System One ad ratings database. In this episode, I'm joined by Jill Schaefer, our Associate Research Director, and Jack Mayer, Head of Everything Ad Ratings in the UK. I'm joined by Jack and Jill to talk about the Women's World Cup ads that started airing this June, which ones were successful and which ones didn't quite hit the mark. Jill, if you can just go into, talk us through what we've done with the study and what sort of ads we've looked at and why we're looking at them. Yeah, um, so uh, we decided to look at all of the different ads in the US and UK that are centered around the Women's World Cup and figure out which ones were emotionally successful uh, and which ones fell to the bottom. So just kind of looking across the different ones and picking out themes of the ones that worked really well and then what about the ones that flopped or kind of didn't meet expectations given the size of the brand. Mm -hmm. Well, my favorite one being an American was the Dream With Us Nike ad. Uh, That is just behind the Dream Further Nike ad, which is their global campaign, which was actually the top ad in the US and UK. Mm -hmm. But the difference between the Dream With Us and Dream Further is there's a USA themed. (laughs) Uh, So I think it's really powerful kind of ending on a nice shot of the US national team, um, which kind of sparks that additional nationalism that works really well with these type of ads. And we've tested a lot of these ads in the UK and the US, haven't we? So the global campaign for Nike, we tested in the UK and US. Yes, and they've performed really similarly. It's it's quite an exciting time, actually, isn't it, really, for the Women's World Cup? So I went to attended some talks at Cannes about the change and the watershed moment that we are sort of experiencing with the Women's World Cup and women's football in general at the moment. So I guess this is like, we were, just, we were talking just before we went on air about why this is so different and Jill's recalling the last World Cup and the fact that people were watching it but weren't really talking about it and it seems like you can't go anywhere without seeing stuff about the Women's World Cup. Going into this this World Cup then, what what is sort of the context? There's a lot of background context going into this yeah. and some brands really capitalised on it and others didn't. So while the discussion is obviously we want to focus on the ads performances, mm-hmm. the point is the ads that did well actually thought about this context and utilized it. Yeah. Others just talked about, thought about it being mm. a sports competition and let's just make a stock standard. In addition to that, it's the people who've capitalized on it but done it authentically. There's a lot of token partnerships and sponsorships that just feel really artificial and a bit fake. But um, with with the women's game, like the, the Visa was getting a hell of a lot of praise from a lot of people that I spoke to, but like their activation and how they've used it hasn't been that good. Mm. Visa have the biggest sponsor of the women's game uh, like globally and they've they've sponsored i think it's fifa and the tournaments associations for seven years so they're doing the most in terms of infrastructure so they've got like in in theory they've got the biggest license to tell an authentic story about growing the game but other brands have sort of done it a little bit better i think lucas aid have, have done a really good job um twitter again have done a really good job um nike's probably the most aspirational and they always they always kill it i mean they, they always kill whatever world yeah. cup they always do like a big flagship so what, what made the Nike ads, Nike ads so effective? Let's take a look at them quickly. Million people tuning into the match between... Hey, you ready? It's Barca making a last push, and there's a foul. That post, Gerard. okay? Big opportunity for coach Alex Scott and the team. PK, round the back. Coutinho to PK, goal! Hey, you ready? 
So for, for, for those who are listening, let's talk through the ad a little bit. So it starts off with the Netherlands and Nigeria team. The Netherlands player is holding hands with a mascot and she says, are you ready? And then they walk out and it's just a brilliant ad. Jill, why do you think that did so well? There, I don't want to go too deep and overanalyze the ad too much. <laughs> I've seen it loads. One of the things that I think works really well, the girl starts off really nervous and the mm. female player looks down at her and says, are you ready? Walks her out onto the field and says, you're not done yet. You're coming and playing with me. And the girl goes along the journey with the player. And it doesn't just talk about on the field. Like it's not just them yeah. playing. It's them being in the locker room and chanting. It's them on photo shoots. Mm -hmm. It's um, people watching at home. Yeah, people watching at home, mm -hmm. video games. And then going out and seeing fans when you go outside of the airplane and then going back and being on the pitch. There are kind of two elements there that the Women's World Cup is the same as the men's. They've got the chance behind the scenes. They've got the photography. They've got the video games. Mm -hmm. It's reminding people that it's the exact same just yeah. with women, not yeah. men. Yeah. And then through that whole journey, she experiences the whole Women's World Cup up to a free kick assist, which obviously you feel that emotion. You feel the nerves yeah. of holy, like, holy shit, she looks nervous, but like ready for it and then it ends with her back in the tunnel where she was really nervous to suddenly being really confident and asking the player are you ready so it's her experiencing it and realizing no actually I'm confident I can do this and letting girls know that they can have that confidence and they can experience that same dream so whether or not all of that was creatively intended and I'm just taking my own license on it who knows but it's really well done there's a good journey there I think it, you've picked up on something that I hadn't really noticed too much. It's a very, very diverse set of vignettes in terms mm -hmm. of what, the, the, the kind of areas that it goes to. You know, like Jill mentioned, like coming off a plane and being greeted at the airport by fans, being in a locker room, psyching yourself up before a game, people watching at home. They are so diverse, and yet the story flows so well. Quite often we see ads that have lots of vignettes and tell an okay story, but the they fail to build that emotion and you're mm -hmm. completely bought into this this little girl well this girl's journey and i think that that's what makes it so powerful because it's it's credible she's the single thread she's the single every thread. and it's yeah. it's just it's done so well that you can you can genuinely um empathize with her emotions all the way mm -hmm. through the journey and that's when we're talking about um potentially having to overcome something like that you've got elements of that there so you've got the, the foul and she's like a little bit confused at times where like where am i going what am i doing the best advertising draws you to the edge of your seat and you want to know what's going to happen next and you you feel the emotions of the character and you really buy into that and that they just do a fantastic job of it and like huge kudos to Nike that is a it's a very good ad so we get a lot of clients that do vignettes vignette style advertising has been kind of the hot thing there's a lot of I think agencies find it really creative and they get to pull pieces together and find they could do more, unique ways they? They could do more, yeah and we often try to tell clients move away from vignettes because you don't have a, a story that people are connecting to throughout the entire way. Mm -hmm. But where this, the, this vignette presentation works that others don't is that, again, that common thread. The girl is the person you're watching. That's, it's her story, just a few different settings. We've been waxing lyrical about Nike, and, but it's hard not to, right? So they've, they've done three um, like main creatives in this campaign and each one scored higher than the last. And I think... Every single one of them, even when Nike have an off day, it still feels like a Nike ad and you're still like, that's pretty cool, that's pretty yeah, aspirational. Right. And that's why Nike have nailed it and they're probably the big, the big winners from this. 
I just watched their men's uh, World Cup ad from Brazil, yeah. and I actually didn't know it was a Nike ad watching it, and I thought this looks this feels just like the la- the women's yeah. uh, Nike ads. They're good so, by that though, aren't they? Yeah, the feeling but they evoke. The, again, it didn't it didn't dive deeper. And mm-hmm. speaking about brand authenticity, obviously they've made a big splash this year with their. I think it's just the dream campaign that started mm-hmm. with Colin, uh, Kaepernick. Col- Colin Kaepernick. And he like I I hadn't seen the ad until last night, his original ad. And he's actually in plain clothes because he's not a, he's not a football player anymore. But it's about it's the same type of message. But I think he's he's really controversial, mm-hmm. and him being in it obviously polarized reactions. So Massive that's why that mistakes. ad didn't yeah. do as well. That got a two point one star, didn't it? It did. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, Serena Williams' Dream Crazier is also slightly controversial because mm-hmm. it's very in the face of. You know, women, you know, couldn't run a marathon, but now they can. And mm-hmm. it's that switch of that what you may think is crazy now, playing American football as a girl, may not actually be crazy 10 years from yeah. now. And so it's that inspiring. So, and Serena Williams is much less controversial as a spokeswoman, and she's an incredibly well respected female athlete. So they did a really good job in swinging it. I'm not sure how much they actually invest in women's sports, but I imagine. Yeah. Quite oh, a lot. Absolutely. Hopefully. And commercially with, with sponsorship, I think Nike are like they can do great things in terms of like in terms of equal pay, which is a huge theme in the US right now, isn't yeah. it? Um, because the, the US team is it the women's football association essentially are taking who are they taking to court for equal pay? The, or is it the players the, who are taking the US Soccer Federation? Yeah, yeah, to get equal pay. So that's like that's a huge theme. And like I think commercially the, the great thing that brands can do in terms of partnerships is they can show the equality. They can like walk the walk. So Nike can have been paying Serena Williams and like the elite female sportsmen yeah. on par with their elite male sports people for a long time. And it'd be they can do that in soccer or football. And I think that sets a good precedent. But I just quickly want to unpick a little bit about the Nike campaign because I feel like why Nike do so well is exactly what you just described, Jill, in the sense that you can feel that it's a Nike campaign. You can feel that it like it's the yeah. dream further. It, they've been doing that kind of creative for so long. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's very aspirational. Um, so I remember when I joined uh, System 1, formerly Brain Juicer, I had to describe an ad and why I liked it, etc. And I described a Nike ad called Possibilities, and that had... Serena Williams, LeBron James, um, and basically the theme was you'd see Joe Bloggs playing table tennis or basketball, or whatever, and then they play their friends and then they get better, and then they play like the local champion, and then they get better, and then they eventually make it to the big leagues. And it, w- it was voiced over by Bradley Cooper, and it was done in a way that was a little bit. Um, there, was, there was elements of humour in it, so like you'd be playing pick up soccer or pick up football, and then it, like, it'd show him like playing with Barcelona, he'd be like, oh, is, is that PK? Yeah, that's PK. And then um, it was great because it sort of dares you to dream. And even though those, those aspirations might be a little bit unrealistic, it makes you want to get up off your ass and go and participate in sport. But I, I think um, Nike tell a really good authentic story. And what I've noticed from this overall, like overarching theme, like creatively, from the great piece that you put together, is that the brands that have done well have told a story that people sort of want to buy into. Like the growth of the women's game is, is so good. I think brands are leading the sort of storytelling behind the World Cup. Well, there's also kind of a larger argument of where do brands sit in the, on these social issues. Yeah. And Gillette, that was a big controversy where this isn't really Gillette's place to be making these comments. But I actually completely disagree because there are corporations that have massive amounts of money at their disposal and massive amounts of reach 
of their messages. So they, in a way, have a responsibility to use that time, mm -hmm. which Volkswagen did a Women's World Cup ad where they didn't talk about Volkswagen. I mean, they bookended the ad. Of course they did. But in the middle, it was all about a charity about promoting women's sports. And it, it's, you know, uplifting, you know, what isn't about a nice charitable contribution. But it's using that space. And again, it wasn't completely altruistic, mm -hmm. but they were utilizing the money they have and mm -hmm. the ability that they can kind of reach people on a larger level, which I think is good that the brands yeah. want to do that. And if you don't want to buy the brand because they say what they say, then don't buy the brand. And they know that risk going into it. Nike, when they launched that Colin Kaepernick ad, mm -hmm. they would have done a lot of analysis. Yeah. They may this pretend like, oh, we don't care how much it affects the brand. There's someone behind the scenes doing it. And they decided this will make us distinctive and it will make some people like Nike more and it'll make some people burn their shoes. But people <laughs> burned LeBron James jerseys in yeah. Cleveland and then yeah. wore them five years later when he came, he came back. back. So yeah. I think it's just about taking a controversial stand and I think they've done it well. there's something about uh, like engage your inner skeptic and do you feel like some brands are just sort of tagging on to this sort of wave do you think there's any disingenuous campaigns well and you, I think that's what we were talking about earlier again on are they actually committing to gender yes. equality in sports so is Nike playing or pay, play, paying paying Serena yeah. Williams as much as they're paying Tiger Woods or Nadal well, or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so with Lucasaid being a sponsor of the women's line or women's lionesses yeah. That's them actually putting the money where the mouth is. Budweiser did a pretty good ad yeah. um, where I think what what's Budweiser being an American brand and doing a lionesses themed Women's World Cup ad was a bit interesting. I wasn't sure how that was going to go down, but they used a Queen Elizabeth the first speech, and it was said through the voices of the women's team. Yeah. So it was really powerful because you hear you or you see Queen Elizabeth's first speech. It's kind of the introduction. Mm you know that she was a badass and kind of very uh, unique for her time yeah. and no one had ever done what she did and she's got great reputation, English reputation as well. So it's through them that they're saying the speech about how like she has the strength of a king and she can protect her territory yeah. and that comes through to the women being like this is what we're going to do we're going to go out with the heart of a king mm -hmm. so it's really powerful and they do they do brand cues throughout with their yeah. logo silhouette so yeah. it's got pretty good fluency and i just think it's a unique way for them as an american brand yeah. to still sponsor the England team yeah. how much they've actually donated to women's sport not mm -hmm. really sure but that wasn't their full message their message was more like these women are strong and they're going to kick ass on the field and mm. like put the money where the mouth is. You may think I have the body of a weak and feeble woman. But I have the heart and stomach of a king. And a king of England too. And think foul scorn that pain or strain or fear of failure should dare invade the borders of my realm. The Night Dream Further ad scored 4.6 in the UK, 4.2 in the US. The Budweiser Heart of a King ad scored 3.5 in the UK. Let's take a look at another 3.5 star ad, this one from Qatar Airways. 
let me take you to a place like no place on earth with celebrations so spectacular that the stadiums will erupt like incredible volcanoes. So initial reactions to that then? So what did you like? Did you like any elements of the Katara? Yeah, um, when I watched it the first time, I really liked it, but I hadn't seen the Nike ads yet. Okay, and yeah. I think they did a better seeing, job. They, now, it's, it's a nice storybook. There's not loads of kind of emotionally powerful messages in there but it is about a mother talking to her daughter and getting excited about the women's world cup and showing how powerful the women are when they're playing and like let's not ignore the fact that the men's world cup's in qatar so very smart on them <laughs> yeah, to be quite quite to quite topical quite, that to, isn't it um launch a it annoyed me a little bit that Neymar cup. sort of just had a token, like like he needed to be in it to sort of mm. give it some more. He, he's just it was just unnecessary and it felt yeah. a bit redundant. I actually thought the creative idea behind it of a storytelling element of a mother talking to a daughter about like th- there's this fantastic land and all these possibilities, yeah. and and I thought that was a really nice sort of central message for like Qatar Airways. Mm. What do you think they could have done to try and push that up in terms of effectiveness? I just don't think there's anything very controversial or it's it's a good ad it's always you when we talk about ads that do well but don't do great it's mm. there's a, a continual build of happiness but there's nothing in it to create any tension mm-hmm. now it doesn't need to mm-hmm. be controversy it doesn't need to be something that's emotionally powerful like a progressive movement but you need some introduction that's going to create kind of an emotional journey where people suddenly feel something negative even yeah. to then be resolved now you have to resolve it which is difficult yeah that ad is just kind of, if, if I could picture the, as I'm watching that ad, I'm just kind of happy the whole time, yeah. but there isn't anything in it that really is a burst of happiness or a kind of an exciting element that's just going to take me from surprise to immediate happiness. It's just yeah. feel good, not feel great. And I completely agree with that, that and your point, Jill. I think it's about, there's no... We talk about story arc a lot, don't we? Um, in terms of like the best ads, the, the ones that reach up to the four and five, they sometimes have elements of adversity that are sort of overcome at the end. Like that's one of the kind of, it was just, yeah, like Jill said, it was just a slow, steady build and it was just sort of like passive kind of happiness of, oh, isn't this amazing and fantastic? And oh, Neymar's getting a selfie. So let's, let's bring it back yeah. to some of the ads that didn't score so well. So you were talking just earlier about Visa and how they actually had sponsored the Women's World Cup. So their ad didn't score so well. Let's take a quick look at it. For those on the audio, describe it quickly. It's loads of neon, neon lights and fake foots kicking a ball. It's like light. A few ponytail silhouettes. Um, yeah. And why doesn't that hit? Because that got 2.1 stars. It's very one-dimensional. Arguably, there's some entertainment throughout because there's different shots and it's a sport. So that's probably where it gets up to a two. <laughs> there, so their other ad does, does do better. I think so. Um, when you watch the Women's World Cup, that type of um, look and feel of the ad that we just watched, the lower performing one, is the same. So it's, you know, you know how you have like intros to like after commercial breaks. That's the look and feel. However, I An ident. Yes. Yeah. And I wouldn't have noticed that when watching it until I like saw the ad and I was like, oh, that must be Visa. Yeah. But I don't, I it, didn't notice it when watching yeah. the actual Women's World it, it Cup. Reminds, it reminds me of um, like when you go to a tube and you, you go in up and down the escalators and yeah. they've got like five second It doesn't need sound. It doesn't need sound, but it doesn't And it just it. looks like a moving static mm. 
and you just it's just all for brand fluency because they've got the, the visa colours but there's yeah. no story there's, there's, there's nothing there's no character <laughs> I go first because yeah. I just want to. I just like the music choice is not great. Um, there's, there's no. There's, <laughs> I'm just going to start. I'll, yeah. I'll end with the positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, st- I'll just. I'll go in hard. So it's got 2.9, which is in line with um, obviously the like we've picked what we feel are like some of the biggest and strongest and highest spend campaigns in as part of this study. But it's right in line, very very average for what we've tested, and it just leaves. It's like it's a bit. It's a little bit vanilla. Um, again, they had the license to talk about all the good that they've done in the game. It was just actually we support the USA women's football team, soccer team, sorry, and um, it, it's just a cross and a goal. And wow, I just I feel nothing. Um, and there's no real story for me there. And I, I genuinely think that they've got a license to tell a better story. And I think it's just a big missed opportunity for and them. And for those on the podcast, what 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 did they just see? So it was started off with um, the team team members in the gym, sort of training, yeah, preparing. Training, yeah. Preparing for the World Cup, but it, I mean, like it's, that's it's girls, at, like and teenagers. It's not. Was it? I don't think it's the actual women's team. I thought I saw a football. It ended, oh, okay, yeah. it did end, and then they walked out of the tunnel. The point is, if we just watched it and we're not sure, that's <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not the Jill, best. You're meant use to be. You're meant to be the good news. <laughs> you're meant to be. The, so, what was the positives from it? Well, it's hot. I mean, it's still high energy. It's showing girls working hard. It has a few. Uh, it reminds me a bit of the um, Lioness's Lucas Egg commercial, where you've got girls trying hard, but what training line, hard? Tr- yeah, trying hard. Yeah, training, training hard. hard. Yeah. Um, what the Lioness's ad does better is they it has a, it has a poem throughout that kind of is building tension and talking mm. about how you know. Come on, girl. Like there's a rhythm to it, isn't there? There's a rhythm. Still yeah. talks about the progressive movement a bit. And obviously, uh, it's coming home is an emotive oh, it's thing a, it's a big in deal. England, yeah. as yeah. I have learned. <laughs> uh, so I think that where the visa ad probably falls a bit short is because it doesn't really have anything that's incredibly powerful, but it is high energy enough. And I think the end is quite good where it has yeah. all the different you know frames of words. It keeps your, your eye center so that then it says visa proud pump proud partner or sponsor and yeah. you're like oh, okay it's a 2.9 it's above average yeah. as a global ad that's but as you said being average it, for, for a world, world, world cup ad so that's where the missed opportunity is if it's the, mm-hmm. a massive sponsor they should have one of the best if not the best ad yeah okay so we we've talked through the ads jill what are your key sort of takeaways or what are your thoughts generally on these ads and the women's world cup as a whole it's a, it needs to be positively framed, this Women's World Cup, because the game and women's sport in general has come a really long way. And I think a lot of women would say that as a community, we've done really well um, as a global community, many countries better than others. But ultimately, there's still work to be done. And so ads that captured that, that we've done well, they've pos- had a positive undertone throughout, but acknowledged that the fight is still going and we still have a way to go and we need to inspire young girls to fight that fight um, and dream big. That's that's what worked really well um, in this World Cup and hopefully that'll be the takeaway for the actual World Cup and you've got ads that have captured it, which is, is pretty great because they had to make the ad well before the World Cup anyway. So, so yeah, that'd be mine. Two cents. Thank you for listening to the third episode of the Feel More, Buy More podcast and congratulations to the USA for winning the World Cup. As always, you can find all of our content at systemonegroup.com and follow us on social media at System One Research. 
All of the links to the ads and references from this episode will be in the show notes, which also includes a free trial to our ad ratings product.